Oh, it's Friday night. It is the Rangers AF podcast, and we are here to make your dreams come true. Um, joining me tonight, I've got none other than the podfather himself, Jeep. Good evening, Jeep. How are you doing, mate? All right, mate. I am good, man. Good. A new season lies ahead. There's, I mean, it's always exciting when a new season starts, but I, I, I was enjoying the break. I'm not going to lie. My heart rate was kind of just was t- taking a wee rest. I was enjoying it, but straight back into it tomorrow. Oh, it's fabulous. Very excited about it. And uh, my brother from the United States of America, it's Mike Driggs. How are you doing, Driggs? I am so ready for this year. Ready! <laughs> I'm just giddy. I'm just giddy with excitement. Okay. Yeah, a lot of good players <laughs> coming in. Just giddy. Just giddy. I love it. Um, and obviously, thanks to everybody that's um, that's that's tuned in tonight. Um, obviously, we had a bit of a a bit of a break over um, the close of season um, to let the guys energize, recuperate. Because obviously, I work them very hard when uh, the podcast is in season. Uh, that's why Driggs looks like a ghost <laughs> because he's got no vitamins and minerals left in his body. He gives everything for this podcast, <laughs> doesn't he, Jeep? Eh? Trying yes, to go for does. some ambient lighting, and it's just not working. Well, uh, it's beautiful, mate. You've got time to to redesign that room. Do you know what I mean? Because uh, yeah. you put a lot of graft in, and uh, I really appreciate it, mate. But um, tonight we've got a packed agenda for you. So we're going to talk a wee bit about the transfer window, um, and Jeeb's going to lead that, and then we'll do a wee bit on um, the preseason. Uh, we'll talk a wee bit about the game coming up at the weekend, and then obviously we'll go to Driggs for some Rangers women's football updates, and then we'll close out the show. So. Thanks for joining us, and let's fucking get on with it, shall we? So, Jeep, I'm going to come to you, mate. Talk us through the transfer window. Let's hear the highs and lows. The lows? Was, was the lows? I th- I, no, joking aside, I think it's been a really good, uh, a really good transfer window. I think we've done well with uh, some of the players that have left, and I think we've done well with the players that have came in. So uh, it was slow to start with, wasn't it? I think the first month, first three or four weeks, especially. The fans were starting to get a wee bit impatient, including myself, and we were kind of desperate for something to happen. But uh, the first uh, new signing of the season was technically John Souter, which was a deal that was done in January. I think that'll be a really steady signing. It's a wee bit, wee bit different for him. He's used to playing right centre-back. It looks like he's going to be playing more left centre-back with Rangers because that's that's been Goldson's position for four years, um, and I don't think he's going to be giving that up. It would be silly, to be honest. Um, Connor Golson himself signing a four-year de- signing a four-year deal. That's almost like a, a new signing in, in itself because he would have need replaced, and that would have cost a few million. So that was that was good work by the board uh, to get that done. We then went and signed Antonio Cholak. It's Cholak, right? Uh, no, the commentators commentators keep saying Cholak. It's Cholak. Um, a three-year deal deal until twenty twenty-five. I believe he's twenty-nine. 29 year old. Um, I don't know about you guys. I'm still a wee bit. I don't know. Unsure. I hope he does well, obviously. He scored two good goals at Ibrox last season, uh, famously for Malmo. Uh, the first one, especially, was a, 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 just a cracking goal. Basically, made a chance out of nothing. Um, and I think he's got a lot of pressure on him, considering that. Came our roofs out until September. I did hear that our Morelos was out until September, but it's looking like he might get back a wee bit sooner, which is really, really good news. He's back tomorrow, um, starting eleven. Yeah. So <laughs> well, tomorrow, tomorrow, <laughs> right? 
Um, no, but that's def- that's definitely good news because I I do think we're a bit light up top. Um, so I don't know. Do you guys want to come in and speak about any of the players or? Well, I just yeah, I mean, I think I think you've 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 hit the nail on the head. Regards John Suter, I, I, I watched him a wee bit against uh, Spurs, and obviously he's he's a wee bit rusty still. Um, you could see that he was he was struggling to uh, to contain Harry Kane. But I mean, who? Who can contain Harry Kane? Let's be honest there. Do you know what I mean? Um, he's got a bit of, obviously, fitness work to do, but I think Kim is going to be a solid signing for us, mate. You've, you've absolutely nailed that there. And Cholac, or Cholac, is it Cholac? Cholac. Cholac. So Cholac, um, I've only seen glimpses of, and to be honest, I felt he was a bit a bit slow. Um, didn't they have as good balance as I expected? But at the same time, he's a good finisher. Do you know what I mean? And I think... I think he's definitely going to prove his worth as the season goes on. It'll be interesting to see how Giovanni Van Bronckhorst uses him and rotates him in the squad uh, when obviously Morelos is fit as well. So um, that's probably the most solid of signings so far. I think Suter's got a entirely different team that he's playing with in terms of style too. Right? He's pretty well known that he can have a good eye for a pass, but he's got he's coming from a team with hearts that essentially doesn't have a lot of possession. So he's gonna have to play a different, totally different game. They actually say one one of his um, uh, one of his key assets when he was at Hearts is the fact that he could dribble the ball out for defence and that he could pick a pass. He just he didn't get the opportunity to maybe do it as yeah. much. Um, so I do I do think that will be a good sign. I hope he stays fit. Obviously he's had uh, fitness issues over the years, but I really if he stays fit, I think he could be a really really good signing for us in the long term. Agreed. Uh, coming down the list, um, this is probably one of the ones I'm most excited about, and I don't know why because I've not seen him. But we then signed uh, Tom Lawrence, and I don't know what it is about. There's just something about him. I feel like um, he's the the type of player he is is something that we don't have. Um, he's he's more an attacking midfielder. He can play up front, but he's an attacking midfielder, a bit like a number ten. Um, and I think his goal against West Ham just kind of epitomised what type of player he is, the, the way he just kind of showed up in the box and made, made that run for the midfield, and it was a decent finish. There's just something about him. I think he'll I think he'll score quite a few goals for us this season. There's just something about him that I like. So, unsure what age he is, but it's a three-year deal as well, so he's contracted till 2025. He's a bit like a Rebo. He just kind of ends up in dangerous places and seems to be calm and good on the ball. Yeah, I think that's, that's where the... Um... Likeness with a Rebo ends, Driggs. I think that's it. Right, but <laughs> yes, yeah. I know what you mean, though. I do know what you mean. He's got that he, kind of. Um, he's got, he's got that instinct. Yeah, it's, he's, yeah, it's not a direct replacement for a Rebo, but yeah. they don't really. They're not that much of a different player in terms yeah. of where they show up on the field and, and how they play. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. And um, as as as, as G points out there, you know his his goal against West Ham was was exceptional, and I think he got an assist as well um, in that match pretty much yep. as soon as he came on. Um, yeah, and he's two, and he, yeah, and, he, and he's somebody that excites me because he's got that spark, he's got that explosive yeah. power, spark, strength, um, and apparently he's a bit hot headed, but I've not seen any evidence of that yet. So it'll be interesting to see how he shows well, up. Him and Tab got into it two years ago. That's yeah, they did. Um, so. so it'll be interesting to see how he's how he's yeah. discipline game. Um, plays out um, under G- G- uh, Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. Uh, next on the list is Rabi Matondo, another player I haven't seen a lot of except some uh, YouTube highlights. And unfortunately, he is injured and out of the first game of the season tomorrow, but I think it's very minor because yeah, the gaffer expects they'll be back Tuesday for the Champions League 
qualifier. He looks quick. He looks really, really quick. A right-sided w- uh, winger type. Um, I don't, we could say that we, we don't really have that. Obviously, Scott Wright kind of finished the season uh, playing in that position. But we haven't had... I mean, we've had Kent playing after the left for about four. Okay, this will be his fifth season now at yeah. the club. Um, and I just feel that he's always been the danger man and the, the player on the right has always just been a bit... A, a very different type of player, whether it was Aribo in the right or Hadji or something like that. It was never somebody with as much skill or pace. And the fact that we've, we've now got somebody that can show a bit of trickery and and he's quick and stuff, do you know what, might it might actually open more opportunities for Kent as well because players won't be able to double up on him as much. Aye, and you know he's he's also somebody who who you know has got really really quick feet like Kent. But you know when he comes inside and he plays that pass that. Sometimes Kent would fire after somebody that actually finds a man, um, and obviously it's him a bit early to tell um, because we've only seen him in a, in a couple of games. But it is very, very promising, and uh, you know he's definitely a player that I'm I'm super excited about and hope that we can keep fit. Yeah, um, and because you know he's somebody that can change games. And Matondo has somebody who his trajectory was going absolutely skyrocketing. Got to yeah. Schalke, and it just kind of just didn't work out there for various <clears throat> reasons. I mean, he was somebody who was on the cusp of. I think every every international team he was on up until the U23s. Yeah. And then things happened with Schalke. So he's somebody whose ceiling is very, very high. Yeah. I think he was like 16 when he was playing in like the, the under 21s or something like that. Or 20s. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That yeah. was it. And then like, was it Man City coming for him? Yeah. Uh, 500 grand, I think they paid yep. for him um, at the time. And, and he's I, somebody who, if, if Rangers can get confidence and, and all that underneath him, the sky's the limit. Yeah. Agreed. I think Man City sold him to Schalke for was it eleven million? Was it? I think, I think it was about I think it was about eleven million, and only uh, two or three seasons later, Rangers have managed to pick him up for uh, I think it's four million, three million up from a million in add-ons. Which, I mean, Schalke are quite happy to take the hit, so it's quite it is quite clear it's not worked it from like Drugs has said over there. But hopefully, if he can, uh, if he can, I can disclose that. Aye, forty percent up front, then twenty percent, then twenty percent. Um, no, but if he can find if he can find the form that he showed when he was a bit younger, if it, from what I've read, I think he'll he'll be a good player. Plus, he's young as well, four year deal. Um, he's got plenty of time to prove himself. Uh, the next one to come in was Malik Tillman, uh, the loanee from Bayern Munich. Uh, I know very little about him. I've got to be honest. Uh, it's a one year loan deal with an option. Uh, it's an option to buy. And if we take up that option, uh, Bayern Munich have a, a buyback guarantee in the deal, I believe, that if he basically just starts playing wonderful football when he's at Rangers, Bayern Munich have dibs if they want to buy him back. Um, I, I've, re- I've I've read up quite a lot about him and I've watched him. I've seen him play the number nine. I think he's more comfortable in a number 10 role. He looks big, uh, strong. He looks like he likes to fly into challenges. So I wouldn't be surprised if uh, knowing the referees in this country will probably pick up quite a few yellow cards as the season goes on. Um, no, but he's I hope hopefully he he can get up to speed with fitness and he can play a big part in the in the league for us this season. I tip him to be a contender for young player of the year. It was between him and the left back that was signed. I was kind of thinking when I was trying to do my choices earlier on, but. I guess it depends, obviously, how much how much game time he get. You know, he gets because exactly. we are quite saturated in min, you know midfield. But it's clear that GVB's got a plan for him, so it'll be interesting yeah. to see um, how that how that works out and where he fits yeah. in. But I, I mean, certainly, again, you know, uh, we touched on it at the start there. It's been an exceptional window 
Um, and these kind of players coming in, uh, you know, uh, it's, it's super exciting. Um, and I really, really hope that uh, they bring us the success that we deserve Rangers yeah. Football Club. Yeah. And he's a, to me, he's a developmental player. I don't think he's going to have much of an impact this season, to be honest. He's been playing a lot of Bundesliga, you know, under 17s, under 19s. So, yeah. Oh, well. I'm preparing hey, we'll the party. S- no, so Thanks, we'll, we'll, wait, we'll wait and see. Hopefully, I, I hope I hope we see a bit more of him. I mean, it's always good to have squad players as well, so that certain players can get rested for cup games, etc. And that. So hopefully, we, we see a bit of him anyway, and hopefully, he excites the fans. Then uh, a couple of weeks ago, just kind of out of the blue, uh, the next signing was Ben Davis, which was it. Did you, you say Davies? If we got a Davis and a Davies, Davies, now? Davies, we'll call him Davies. Just to, we'll call him Davies. Just a uh, avoid confusion between him and Davis, right? But I actually think that's a really decent signing. Um, he's signed for Liverpool for about half a million a couple of years ago. Uh, sorry, no, it was a year two, a year ago, or two years ago, whenever it was. Um, I think Celtic, Celtic went in from in the summer, of, uh, the January of 2021, and then Liverpool went in and he decided to go to Liverpool. Uh, spent a year there, but he went out on loan, so he never made a, an actual appearance for them. But he just seems like a pretty steady defender. He's a, a left-footed left centre-back who can play left-back. I see him more as a centre-back. Um, he's got a very he's got a very high uh, dual success rate whenever players are attacking him with the ball at their feet. Uh, anything that I've read, his weakness seems to be in the air. So if we're going to be playing teams that are playing one up front, if they have uh, somewhat a big striker. I expect that if Davis is playing left centre back, they'll probably put the striker on him and hit the high balls up to him. That he can maybe try and bring down and hold hold the play up. But other than that, he seems like a a pretty a pretty steady signing. Albeit, I mean, is it is it going to be a starter? I don't know. But for four million quid, like it's quite so. a lot. It's a lot. It's a lot to be paying for a centre back, isn't it? Um, yeah. For somebody that's not going to be starting, because right now I think John Suter probably has. The shark. So if he's if he's signed him, he's sitting the bench. It's a, it's a lot of money, man. So at yeah. his age as well, he's not get much sell-on value. So he's basically buying him to do the job. Do you know, he's not buying him for for the future or anything. He's buying him to come in and do the job now. I I mean, do, do you think he's brought him in for Europe? I think he's brought him in because as much as we're heavy in terms of players that can play that position, we're light in terms of players who can play that position well in my opinion mm. um nikola katic obviously if anybody hasn't seen the the thing i don't know if you wrote, we're going to bring this up later on but nikola katic has been told they can find a new club i for one i'm happy with that i'm sorry for the big Same. man he always tried yeah. his heart out but i've been very vocal over the years that i just don't think he's good enough um the way that rangers play we need like like ball playing centre backs, we need the guys that can pick a pass and can kind of dribble out and day. And Katic was really, really negative. He would often pass it back the way to the left back when he was kind of when he had a bit of space in front of him. I've seen it numerous times, and that was the difference between him and Goldson. Goldson would look up and try and ping a diagonal ball or something like that. But Katic was just always dead reserved, almost a bit scared to to misplace the pass, so he just didn't attempt to try it. And we just we can't we can't really have that. We need yep. we need players all over the pitch that can at least create something, especially when you've got the low block at Ibrox. So I'm I'm quite I hope the big man does well wherever he goes. Um, always be thankful from that goal at Parkhead that day. Uh, it was a fantastic result and a fantastic uh, day for the fans. First time we'd won there in over ten, well, just about ten years. 
So um, I know I wish him well, but I think it's definitely the right decision. So when you take into account him, you take into account Hollander and his uh, his fitness issues, and then you've got Simpson, who I mean, you as well as put me in there. Do you know what I mean? Like, so I, I think I do think it's a good sign. I think we will see quite a bit of Davis um, over the years. Golson seems to be the only centre back that doesn't really get rotated. But we always rotate Balogun and Hollander, so I, th- I think we will see quite a bit of Davis. Yeah, agreed. It'll be interesting to see, like you say, um, how that how that pans out in reality. But uh, I mean, who's next? And last on the list, uh, the most recent signing, uh, uh, Ridvan Yilmaz. Hope I've pronounced that correctly. Uh, he excites me. I think that's a straight replacement for Calvin Bassey. Pretty much, um, he looks good. He looks like he can put a ball into the box. He's a 21-year-old Turkish international player, and uh, and he's already won stuff. He's won trophies with Besiktas, and I think that's really important. Or buying players that are used to winning. Do you know? I think that's even just cup competitions. I think that's really important. Yeah, hundred percent. And from the footage that I've seen of um, Ridvan, he's he's very very tricky. Um, way more direct than you know Barisic is. Yeah. Um, across the ground um, and way more mobile and, and quicker so um, very very excited to see him uh, up against anybody to be honest um, I think he's going to be one of the I mean contender for young player of the year I would say um, already nah, he was even though he looks 42 years old <laughs> he's <laughs> under holiday by the way he doesn't he do you know what I've, I've seen this I, I, I don't think he does you need to fix the hair if you give him an Andy Holiday haircut he's got bigger eyes and a bigger nose like, do you know what I mean He's no, I mean, the, the Turkish Andy Halliday. If Andy Halliday went to Sellafield for a bit, you know what I mean, and <laughs> stayed there, and, <laughs> a bit of radiation, maybe. I think you're looking at a, the purchase of him and Ben as a replacement for Bassey. Oh, I think the fact that Bassey played, well, I'm not going to say Davies or Davis, but uh, <laughs> the fact that Bassey played both of those positions so well, that's incredibly rare. And they relied on him to do both positions last year. So I think. They were looking at the market. They weren't seeing that versatile type player, so they were having to purchase two players to cover for just Bassey. Yeah, and 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 I think as well, looking at looking at the ends as a as a whole, there. I mean, that's a net spend in the region of around what twelve to fifteen million pounds, yeah. which is you know not only is it one of our best transfer windows on record, it's always a it's also a lot of money uh, for us to have spent on a window, and I and I can't even mind how long. I mean, if anybody in the chat knows when we last spent twelve million pound on a transfer window, let me know. Um, but I can't even mind. Um, but if we look at if we look at the outs, um, obviously that's that's going to paint the paint the picture as to why um, we've spent so much. So we we had uh, James Maxwell who went to Doncaster on a free, Andy Firth obviously, <laughs> Rangers Xbox gaming champion was released, uh, Leon Balligan was released, um, Cedric Etten went to Young Boys, undisclosed fee, uh, Lewis Mayo, Kilmarnock on loan, Jake Hastie to Hartlepool, undisclosed, Rory Wilson to Aston Villa on a free, Joe Rebo, Southampton for £10 million, Tony Weston, part, uh, part of Thistle loan, Cole McKinnon, part of Thistle loan, they'll be worth watching next season, and uh, Calvin Bassey obviously to Ajax for um, £23 million, that's a net sell of £35 million plus, in the coffers, which um, you know the the window doesn't finish until the second of September at midnight, so you know there's still a bit of time left if we did want to do more business. But what's your guys' thoughts on the on the window like overall, um, and have you got any hopes and dreams for the re- for the remainder of it? I think we have to be a selling club, right? We all knew this was coming, and I don't think anybody wanted some of the other players like Morelos and Kent to go. Uh, unfortunately, Bassi and Ariba went, but. 
we got top dollar for them. Add in Patterson last season. I think that's the business model that we have to do. We got to sell one or two players yeah. and generate ten million each season. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, Agreed. I, I mean, it's. I, do you know it's um it's something like we need to be quite honest, but it's something that Celtic have done really well over the yeah. years, and I think I think that we do need to start doing it. But I do think that the fact that we've done it with a couple of players now, I think that kind of sets the level. So I mean, teams know that if players are going to perform for Rangers in Europe, you're not going to come in and get them for buttons. I do think we probably would have got more for Aribo had he had another year left on his contract. I think yeah. the, the reason we only got, maybe not much, but I think the reason we only got 10 for him was because he had a year left. And I was quite happy to accept yeah. the 10 for that yeah. reason. Um, considering him, Morelos and Kent could have all left next season and could have signed for new teams in January for absolutely nothing, I was quite happy that if we had to sell one of them, I would have picked Aribo. Um, and I felt for that reason, I mean, you need to always ask yourself, how much is a player worth like, to you in that season? I mean, is Aribo going to be the difference he's getting into the Champions League? No, I mean, potentially, but we've got other players that can create. So but if, it, if it's by far and away your best player and your only striker or something like that, he's, then, he's with them worth more, considering you can win more. Yeah. But with a year left in his deal, I, th I thought it was pr a pretty fair price. And a fair deal yeah. for everybody. I hope he does well. I'm going to keep an eye on him. Doing it at Southampton, I hope it. I really hope he does well. I saw I saw a clip the other day of a of a um, about a friendly footage footage from one of their games, and it was it said something like um, we think Aribo's still got possession of the ball because he's just basically like running mazes around everybody, and he gets decked because <laughs> they were so annoyed at him um, just running rings around them. So I um, I mean he's going to you know he's definitely a Premier League quality player, and he's going to do yeah. very very well in the English Premier League. And, and I think Southampton's a good team to go into. Oh, 100%. You know, uh, lack of pressure. So um, he's actually got decent weapons around him. I mean, Stuart Armstrong's a good player. Not going to argue. And, and pairing up with Aribo, I think that they could be really dangerous. Southampton actually are, they, they quite like the Scottish League. They always kind of keep an eye on the yeah. Scottish players. They obviously they bought uh, uh, Stuart Armstrong, like they said. They bought Van Dyke and Wanyama, uh, Fraser Foster as well. You know, so they always they always kind of keep an eye on who does who does well in Scotland. And if players go there, um, Southampton's one of the teams that if you do really, really well there, you're more than likely not going to stay. That somebody will want to come in and get you. Like Wanyama ended up at Tottenham, Van Dijk ended up at Liverpool. I think it's a rare case of Van, Van Dijk's just a phenomenal football player. Um, but Fraser Foster's ended up at Spurs now as well, hasn't he? He got a good reception at Ibrox last Aye. week and he came on. <laughs> so, who knows? He could go down there, smash it, welcome. End up, end up at Man United or something for masses amount of money and we may have a sell on so but and i think another important thing i mean it's been what over the last 25 years rangers aren't haven't been a selling club yeah. and if they start this pattern that they started now it shows teams that if rangers have a good player they do have a price on them yeah. and more exactly. teams will approach them even if they're ridiculous prices at least it's you know you're you're in the market now you have people for sale that's and i think someday that is took a lot of criticism off of me as well as Ross Wilson and in terms of the, the money that he's managed to receive for players and that he's done Jesus Christ I thought that was a cow noise uh, he's done he's done well I mean you need to like, he's, I mean credit where it's due do you know what I mean he's, he's done well we, excuse me get the money that he has for the, the players that have left uh, we need to be in a position as well where we're not just reliant on European money do you know what I mean um, we need to get into a position where we've got 
you know, the, uh, the press saying things like transfer war chest and shit again, you know what I mean? We need to get, we need to get back to that. <laughs> so, um, you know, we're in a comfortable position financially, but also we're attractive, we're an attractive selling club. You know, that's that's um, right. that's really important um, from, a, from, from a market value perspective. Um, and I think it's not just first team players. I think each, no. each year there's got to be a developmental player like a Nathan Patterson sold. Yes. Not for the numbers that Nathan Patterson has sold, but, you know. Yeah. That's, hey, what, that, that's what the training ground was developed for. I mean, the training right. ground was built in, what, 2001, uh, around about that time, for about $14 million. And they said that it, it just it wasn't it wasn't creating a good enough player. I mean, there was very, very, very little number of players that actually came out of Murray Park and became first-team players. I mean, Alan Hutton would have been the first. He, he kind of broke the record. He was... He came out and he done he done really well, and then you had players like Charlie Adam, who I, I always quite like Charlie Adam when he was at Rangers. I've got to be honest, um, ended up a little bit that. But other than that, I, well, I can't even think off the top of my head. But you didn't have you, you didn't have too many. So the fact that we've we seem to now actually be like developing these good young players, and not even just develop, but we're going to we're going to other teams and basically taking their best talent at like 16, 17 year old. And that who was the boy that went to Aston Villa? Oh, can I mind enough to uh, somebody, somebody went at Steve. Uh, Rory Wilson. Right. Rory Wilson. Rory Wilson went to Aston Villa for I think it, we got about half a million for him, and I believe all that money was used just to try and improve. Maybe not all it, but that the reason that you've saw so many um, signings for the Rangers B team has has was made possible through that sale. Do you know? So they're investing the money and and. The, for the future as well, which I think is really good. Like we spoke off air just before we came on, Zach Lovelace and stuff like that, which is really good, yeah. you know. So, um, it's just we're, we're, I feel just it's something that we've not done well over the years. We're getting much better at it. Just our, our yeah. Well, business. even in the academy, you know, selling three or four players a year that we don't remember their names a week after they got sold, but selling them for five hundred, seven hundred and fifty thousand or a million, you know, you sell three or four of those. That's that's a good chunk of change, and that's got to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Got to keep the lights on, and you got to fill up that new water tank at the house. The church (laughs) isn't going to fill it up. It's not going to last forever. That church water we're stealing drinks. You're absolutely right. Um, So, in in terms of terms of the pre the preseason results, um, obviously we 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 didn't get a finish to Rangers versus Sunderland. That was a comedy comedy game. um, Blackpool versus Rangers beat them two one. Goals to Barisic and McCann. Rangers West Ham beat them three one. Um, Rangers Spurs, obviously, we got beat two one uh, by them. But I mean, in terms of in terms of the preseason, what's your what's your thoughts um, in terms of what you've seen um, and how we're looking going forward? Good. And so moving on then to right, I'll go. Um, I it was I mean, look, preseason games are a bit. Ugh, you know, they can be they can be a tough watch at times. They the first half, the only half when we played Sunderland. Um, wasn't a great watch. Uh, I felt I felt quite. So I mean, my favourite thing about preseason friendlies is you're watching players that I've not really seen before. So I was kind of keeping an eye on players like Cholak and stuff like that, and I just felt I felt really sorry for him. I felt the service he was getting was poor. The yeah. balls that Ta- Tav were putting in were shocking, and then there was opportunities for Barisic to put balls in the box, and he was just cutting it back. I felt dead sorry. Dead sorry for the big man that first half. I just felt he wasn't getting any service at all. But um, he was in those areas. And you yeah, were feeling exactly. bad for him being in the right areas, so that I mean, shows good potential to me. It was, it was, it was they, and if, I mean, there's two I can remember. One that Tav just 
didn't even beat the shin of the first man, and the other one Barisic cut it back, and I thought, God, put the ball into the big guy and see if he can get ahead on it. But um, I, I mean, other than that, it's just about getting minutes into the players' legs, and it just try to get them Aye. up to speed for for the season starting. The West Ham was brilliant. I mean, the the, the substitutes at half time the West Ham game completely changed the game. We, I think, I believe it was twelve or thirteen minutes into the second half, we scored three goals. Yeah. Like it was just it was really good. There, uh, Lawrence and uh, Matondo just made a, a a big big difference coming on after yeah. bench at half time. And do you know what I thought? Like not to get too ahead of myself, but see when see when I watched that game, both teams went for it. Do you know what I mean? Both teams treated it as a competitive match, um, and I absolutely loved that. Um, the West Ham fans actually, were raging on Twitter. I know, were raging I know after they it were. because because they had a, a full strength team up. Yeah, exactly that. And that's what I was going to say. Like, I didn't want to get ahead of myself, but I think that's that's the level we're at. Do you know what I mean? I mean, you know, West Ham got close to the Europa League final, you know, last season. Didn't they quite make it? But, you know, I honestly think, you know, people of, you know, people often ask, how do you think Rangers and Celtic would do in the Premier League? I think West Ham's where we're at. You know, I, I think we're kind of a, a top six team, I would say. Which Without I the that. money. Yeah, without the money. Like, exactly. like once you get in the Premier Keep League, your oil you cash, lads. Keep your oil yeah, cash. Yeah, like once you're in it. the Premier League, you get $80 million spent. You know, yeah. and we're doing it on nothing. You know, that that's what people that's what people seem to forget. Mostly people that speak the England game up, they talk about Rangers and Celtic. Use their own par with Fulham, and you're talking about like when Fulham's in a relegation battle, and you're like, mate, you might think we're on par with Fulham now. That's us, if we win the Scottish Premier League, we get about three, three and a half million. Like, imagine we got the money down there. Like, it's just you it's just lose and get relegated into the championship, and you get a parachute payment of like eighty yeah. to a hundred million pounds. Yeah, yeah. So right, it's just but they are talking that's about they stopping say, that, but still, you know what I mean. That's, yeah. that's why they say the the championship playoff final is the richest game in the world because you could win that game and it's worth about 130 million or something it might even be more now but it's worth that because you win that game you could go into the premier league in england and not get a point and then you've still got you've still get the money for all the tv deals and then you get the parachute payment and you come straight back down it's just it, it's and I, the team that loses the championship playoff match has probably overspent and they're taxing themselves trying to get into the premier league for next season okay. and they'll go into administration yeah, it's funny. It's funny, Driggs. You know, I was I was just thinking about that there, and I think a lot of teams are guilty of this when when they come up to the Premier League, and or some teams that are in the Premier League are guilty of it. Now they've got so much money, they've got no idea what to do with it. Do you know what I mean? It's like you go out and buy all the Lego sets, build them all, and then now what? You're like that. Uh, but um, you know, the teams that win it, uh, you know, the teams that do it properly, um, and it is ridiculous. You know, it's not it's not it's not a sustainable model. You know, it's gonna nope. go pop at some point, but um that's for the Ironically for enough, podcast. the Scottish model is a sustainable one. <laughs> no, so, I mean seriously, look you look at all the teams numbers. I, I'm a huge fan of, of the price of football podcast and they always talk about it, how mm-hmm. up the levels there's just a modest increase between divisions and most yeah. every team either breaks even or has nominal losses, not these hundreds of millions of pounds in debt. Yeah. Yeah, no, agreed. Um, but this, but this guy in the in the comments there, what a fabulous name, Mick McMuffer. It sounds like a McDonald's burger gone a bit awry. You know what I mean? It's only served after eight pm. <laughs> so, so Weekends that. only. The McMuffer. <laughs> the, the McMuffer. Big Mickey McMuffer. Prices and oh partition basin very very. Um, so I was just saying about obviously young Lovelace. Um, you know we've not really mentioned the youth team, but uh, you're, you know Lovelace is somebody that's um, touted for big things in the future as well, and I'd like to see uh, more of him. 
I saw his I saw his goals as well. I had two two absolute fabulous finishes. And somebody mentioned uh, Charlie McCann as well. I thought his finish against Blackpool was exceptional as well. That was really um, good when he took it. Really somebody, well. oh brilliant, brilliant. Um, and I would hope to see more of him as well. But you know, like I said earlier on, it's going to be interesting to see how we rotate. But you know, I think there's going to be plenty more um, outgoings. I think before the, um, the transfer window finishes, so it'll be interesting to see how the squad ends up. Um, I hope so. I, I, I hope so. I do hope so. We've got we need that. I mean, we, we we spoke about the centre half situation, and obviously, Cathy's just been told we said about Simpson is Halander needed really now. I mean, he's he's so unreliable in terms of his fitness, and I like Halander when he's fit. He's really, really good. Him and Goldson, I think, are a, yeah. a really good uh, defensive defensive pair. I think he reads a game really, really well. But we need player, we need players available, and we need them now. You know, yeah. and obviously we've got Sands there, who I, I I think Sands will play a part this season. Um, I think we'll see him more at centre back. I think we've only really seen him at centre defensive mid. I think we'll, <laughs> I think we'll see him more at centre back as well. So, yeah. So this I'm, this I'm okay here, with just... Sakala too. Going back, one comment. Yeah, same. Twelve, 12 goals last season. How you know coming off the bench, he's averaging like a goal every hundred and fifty minutes for a guy that's not been really getting a consistent run. That's yeah. You know, he, he might end up playing in France. Who knows? Um, but just to touch on Jamie's comment there, would you welcome a shake man to a type tycoon at Rangers? How do you know we've not, you know, we've already got it, mate? Do you know what I mean? We're getting um, scouting talent, coaching talent for um, the city group. That's normally a a, pure, a, a a surefire indicator that there's some corruption involved. So um, we'll leave that there uh, <laughs> for the time being. Still that pot. Still the pot. Make the headlines. But. Um, now let's. <clears throat> I tell you what. We'll um, we'll wrap that up there, and then we'll move on to the headline event, which is um, Rangers versus Livingston at the weekend. I'm absolutely buzzing for this. But see, uh, before we do, we'll just quick get a quick word for our sponsors. Subscribe to the Rangers AF podcast. Do 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 do. Agreed. Uh, make sure you do like the video and please uh, obviously do subscribe um, if you can. I love her. She's from quality. I can't wait for more Marley content. So I uh, Rangers versus Livingston then 12 o'clock kickoff. We do love a lunchtime kickoff um, live on Sky Sports Football and Rangers TV at the Spaghetti Hat, uh, which is 4 now 4am kickoff. On the old, uh, the old Livingston Wikipedia page. Um, obviously as Jeep quite rightly mentioned, uh, Rabbi Matondo is injured so we'll miss tomorrow. Um, there's also no time skills or, uh, for Hollander or Roof. Uh, Morelos is obviously targeting Europe, but Briggs is convinced that he's going to be on the on the team sheet for them. Um, so what's yes, that's all right. So what's your what's your predictions then? I'll start with you, G. I predict that um, I think we'll win. Uh, I think the new I think a few new signings. Some of the new signings will be right up for it. You can get a you can get a wee atmosphere in Almondville, can't you? Like or whatever the fuck it's called, Tony Macaroni or something like that. Um, uh, you can get a bit of an atmosphere in there. It's a, I, see for see for a like no disrespect, but a smaller club in Scotland, it's one of the better stadiums in it. Like it's kind of yeah. Um, the stands, the three them. stands that go around and they're all joined. It kind of it builds a wee atmosphere. Um, I just don't like the plastic pitch. I've said it every single time, every single game when we go to Hamilton or Kelly or Livingston, I just moan about it beforehand. I don't like the plastic pitches. Always worried that players, always worried that players are going to get injured on them, and uh, I quite honestly, first game of the season, uh, it's a stadium that 
we don't tend to go and win easily at too often, um, and neither does Celtic. It's a tough place to go. I'll take any sort of win tomorrow just to get three points on the board early on in the season. Please, Rangers, don't win the first weekend of the season. Please. What, what, what score would you like, Jeep? Come on, give us a score. I'll go with a clean sheet, so I'll go 2 0. 1 0 half time, 2 0 full time. Love it. Driggs? I'm going to say 3 0. Libby got rid of 12 players and they only brought in six. Squad's a little weak. All six of the players they brought in are all foreigners. You know, probably still getting adjusted to being in Scotland. So, yeah. I so, think basically, what you're, what you're saying, Driggs, basically, is Livingston are going to get relegated. That's what you're basically saying, yes. Yes. Uh, just for nice. the home tops alone. I just wanted a prediction, mate. Do you know what I mean? I don't know what you're ruining teams in the SPFL. If that's, if that's your modus operandi, you crack on, mate. Yeah, so, they're going down. Um, I'm going to go 8-0 um, Rangers, I reckon, um, based on Jeebsy's StreamYard login code. I'm going to go 8-0. <laughs> um, so pop your predictions in the chat and we'll have a look and we'll have a laugh and see what everybody else thinks. But... Hopefully, you know, we hit the ground running and start the season as we mean to go on and absolutely yes. smash uh, Rangers. Um, now on to a new wee section that uh, we're bringing in for the season, which is um, Rangers Women uh, Women's Football Club. And Driggs is going to be our man on the ground um, who's going to bring us all the facts <laughs> and results and stuff like that. So, Driggs, over to you, mate. Tell us what you've got. So... Wrote a little bit of a roundup here. The 2021-22 season saw Rangers women become the SWPL champions with 25 wins, two draws, zero losses. Finished on 77 points. Quite impressive. They qualified for a Champions League first round and will face Varen Kravos on August 18th. And the winners will take on uh, Pauco or Swansea City. I don't know who's going to come out on that one. And Nicola Doherty, Jane Ross, Jenna Fife, Lizzie Arnott, and Sam Kerr were all called up for the Scottish national team. Kayla McCoy was called up for Jamaica. Brianna Westrup, Kirsten Riley, and Chantelle Swabe have all left the club. Chelsea Cornett signed a contract extension along with Tess Madog. Catherine Hill joined from Durham in the championship. KT. Uh, Dina Orsham joins from FFC Turbine Potsdam of the Bundesliga. That is a fantastic name. Victoria Essen uh, joined from SC Sand of the Bundesliga, and Colette Cavanaugh joins from Hibernian. Um, they played a few season, few preseason friendlies against Hearts, two nothing winners with Jane Ross and Lizzie Arnett scoring. Spartans three nil winners. Uh, Jane Ross suffered a ruptured ACL that game and is probably going to be out the entire rest of the season, which is a huge, huge loss. Sad. Yeah. Also for the Scottish national team. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. Uh, they rounded out the preseason friendlies with a loss to Charlton, 0-1. Um, Rangers won the inaugural Women's Glasgow Cup match in which they bested Celtic 2-1 with a goal from Sam Kerr and an own goal from Celtic. Uh, I saw that, and when it got posted online, I thought it was a little bit of a tournament, and it's just a one-off game. I thought maybe they were going to be doing uh, a little bit of a tournament with some other teams, but I guess not. The under-16 squad attended the Super Cup in Northern Ireland, which just finished up today, I believe, with some of the youth men's teams. Um, they beat Ottawa City from Canada 10-0 in the first match, but then lost 4-2 against Surf Select from California in the USA. They then faced Surf Select again in the finals and suffered a 2-0 loss. 
Um, they're off to Spain for warm weather training before the season kicks off on August 7th with a home match against Glasgow Women, followed by an away trip to Aberdeen on August 14th. Beautiful. Thank you very much for that, Driggs. All I can hear is Glasgow Rangers champions. You know what I mean? The, the Rangers women are Zero obviously going to destroy losses. that league again this season. And I think the defeat to, to Charlton um, obviously shows where we are in terms of quality. We're, we're, we're bringing up the rear, um, but we are making it strong. And I think, you know, where we're investing in the men's the men's youth and infrastructure, we're also doing the same for the women's youth and, and um infrastructure and it's only going to pay dividends in the future yeah. um and big shout out to um katie hill obviously rejoining her uh, childhood champions that's absolutely fantastic it's good to see her face back in the squad she's a fantastic individual and footballer so um wishing the rangers women's team every success uh, for the season uh Jeeb, have you got any any final thoughts on that before we move on uh no not really i can uh I don't. I don't follow the the women's game too much. I always have the the scores coming up on my phone. Um, I was kind of keeping an eye on it last year just because we hadn't won the league and stuff like that. But uh, no, they done well and undefeated and stuff. It was good. I, I watched the game and was it, I think was it a draw with Celtic that won them the league or was it a draw with Glasgow? I can't remember. Yeah, I think it was Celtic. But I know good. I wish awesome. I wish their tops would be available because I think BioWave on the front of the jersey looks so much better. And 32 red yeah agreed down with the betting companies boo bring us more by way of being a multi-level marketing being a usa based company so yeah well 32 red was 32 red not due to be um replaced by unibet i thought that was going to happen on I the home kits. i remember i remember a couple of years ago reading that that as of next season it will be unibet and not uh, 32 red in the kits. i mean but either of them i may even have been two years either ago, of them not a big fan do you know what I miss? Do you know what I really, really liked? See, see when Carling was on the taps. Nope. I don't know what it was. See, I don't like the alcohol sponsors either. Nah, just, just, just the Carling. Just the way. I mean, Tenants was just a plain word, wasn't it? But there was just something about the actual logo Carling. It had to be red lines on it and that. I At just a always, 30, 30 degree angle. I always thought it, it just made a, a really, really nice tap. That was similar to like the Jack Walker bottle. Is that like a 28 like... degree angle or whatever? Uh, probably. But I, it I, is I, I really to, like, to maximize type space, and never mind. We don't need to go down that route. <laughs> I was going to say, Driggs, I really liked um, the way that the Blackthorn Warden came out in the wash. That was my favorite one on the strip. Yeah, one yeah. wash. Do you know what's <laughs> annoying, right? I've, 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 I stand by this, but see, see the home top in 2013, 14. I had the Blackthorn. It had to be red and white stripe there. See if you take, see if you take away Blackthorn. That I don't care what MDC is. That was a nice tap. I, I love that tap when it was it. Obviously, see the type. But sometimes when you look back, you're like, "Nah, it's no great." When I look back and I see that tap, it, it gives me sheer anxiety. I get that. And when you see Blackthorn, you're like, "Fucking hell!" But see, see if you replace that Blackthorn with anything else, or just take it away. It's a really, really nice tap. Yeah, there's like a. There's, I there's, probably there's, have there's, one without the Blackthorn logo. <laughs> there's it's like a. Off. There's like a triangle of of players that spring into my head when I see Blackthorn. And it's oh, Richard she. Richard Foster, Bilal Mojni, and Lee McCulloch. That's a that's a tricky law for me. Because <laughs> okay. he always wore the Puma shorts. active yeah. fit tight tops. Nicky Law right. did. I don't know why, but he always <laughs> did. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. He obviously, it obviously made him feel good, Driggs, and that's what matters. You know, it does. It does. I'm. I shouldn't be so negative to him. So my, my one and only one and only shout out tonight is for my um, wee pal Andy, who's had a, a very very tough time. 
of late, uh, almost killing himself in his sleep, but luckily he's still alive. Um, spent a fair bit of time in the hospital when I was chatting to him today um, on WhatsApp, and he's um, he's getting better. He's got a wee bit of a raspy throat still, but he's he's uh, well on the mend. Uh, well on the mend. And Andy, we miss you, mate, and hope um, hope you get well soon. Um, and we obviously appreciate you tuning into the podcast. Anybody else got any shout outs they'd like to give? No, I'm all good. No, I'm good. All right, fine then. <laughs> fine then. If that's that, then. I was unprepared with shout outs, and I've not seen anyone in the chat that, sorry, that I recognise, not uh, anyone that I know. So. Except, except the McMuffer. Apologies. Yeah. <laughs> shout out to Mick McMuffer. McMuffer with, with a double cheese. Yeah, honestly, that, that, is, that is legendary. I mean, where is where is Philly or Fish in the chat? That's what I want to know. But um, no, it's, it's good to see. sixty nine on the back of a Rangers top. I can see it coming. <laughs> I tell you what, it's it's been lovely and refreshing. Drinks moving on for that crass crassness um, to see some new names in the chat as well. So um, we really appreciate you um, getting involved and uh, back in our preseason pod. And there's Jim Thompson. If he's just here, then uh, yeah, just you're a bit late, mate. We're about to finish, so. <laughs> thanks thanks for tuning in press rewind um, and Davy Hill says cheers to the new season lads agreed mate we're absolutely buzzing for it and hopefully Rangers put on a good show tomorrow and make us all happy we'll be back um, on Monday next week for our um, pre-European uh, build up and hopefully joining us on Monday night will be none other than athletic journalist Jordan Campbell who hopefully offers a bit of scoop and insight as to what he knows um, regards Rangers on his travels um, so we'll bring you that, make sure you tune in for that on Tuesday night so thank you very much to everybody for getting involved this evening uh, I've been Snags he's been Jeep that guy just doing there just need to fire that up because I've just <laughs> noticed like, in the, I got I got a canvas for my birthday last week and I've just oh. noticed it's in the corner of my screen, I've no put it up, I will put it up right, I'll put it, I'll put, I've got a space for it it's going to go up, don't worry it'll go up. is that it's your mob? Yes, as I shout out to Maz. Yes, more than the world of champs. Shout out to my man, Dal. That'll probably watch him. Anyway, you're in my outro, so uh, I will see you later on. Cheerio. Bye.